Well, thank you, Brother Terry. Thank you, choir. And thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, if you would, we're going to be looking at the book of Matthew. So if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to look at a couple of verses there. And I'm going to share with you some thoughts in a sermon that I've entitled, Kingdom Realignment. Kingdom Realignment. We're going to look at this together. Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 17. Then we'll drop down and look at verse 23. Matthew 4, verse 23 as we think about kingdom realignment. I'll explain more as time goes on. Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You'll drop down to verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness, all manner of disease among people. For the past few weeks, we've been, or we've looked at the importance of, of outreach. Our outreach program here at the church is known as GROW. It's an acrostic. G period, R period, O period, W period. GROW. God rewards our work. That's our outreach ministry here at the church. And outreach is nothing more than reaching out in our community through an intentional evangelism, but also ministry and also service. It involves more than just evangelism, but it involves ministry and it involves different types of service. We've discovered that uh, ever since the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3 that God has sought to reconcile man unto himself. That's his mission. God has a mission. That mission is the mission of reconciliation. Now, in order for God to fulfill his mission... God has always called individuals, beginning first with Abraham, made a covenant with Abraham, the same covenant with Isaac and with his son Jacob. And, and Jacob had 12 sons, but he made a covenant with Joseph, one of Jacob's sons. Then he made a covenant with Moses. And then he made the covenant with a nation, the nation Israel. And all of those individuals in the nation Israel were to be day-to-day missionaries. And as we enter the New Testament, we found out last week, uh, this mission remained the same. This reconciliation mission remained the same. And uh, uh, so we find a new missionary that entered the scene in the New Testament, the greatest missionary that's ever came to this earth, and that was Jesus Christ. So Jesus came and he died on the cross. He died as a perfect sacrifice or the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He was buried. He arose the third day. He was victorious over sin. He was victorious over death. He was victorious over the grave. He ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. 
However, before he left, he reemphasized God's mission. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Perhaps remember this and, and know it by heart. Matthew 28, verse 19. If you would look at it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, before he left, he reemphasized, Jesus reemphasized God's mission, that reconciliation mission between a holy God and a sinful man. Now, we need to remember, we touched on this a little last week, that those who are reconciled to God, those who are saved, those of us who have experienced the new birth, those of us who are redeemed, those of us uh, who have been reborn uh, are given different blessings. We've been blessed with mercy. We've been blessed with grace. We've been blessed with eternal life. We've been blessed with forgiveness. But we've also been given a mission, God's mission, that mission of reconciliation. If you would, look at Second. Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 19. As we think about our responsibility in the process of God reconciling the world to himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of of reconciliation, verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Therefore the Great Commission is not just for a select few, it's not for the professionals, it's not for the pastor only, it's not for the deacons, it's not for the leadership of the church, but the Great Commission that Jesus shared Matthew 28, 19 through 20, is for the entire church, for, for regular people just like you, just like me, regular people, moms and dads and boys and girls and teachers and craftsmen and mechanics and, and tool workers, and the list goes on and on, just like just regular people, people who have come to Christ, taken on the mission of Christ, willing to lay down our lives, if need be, denying ourselves for the mission of God and for the good of mankind. That's our mission. Our mission is God's mission. And so the point is, you and I are called to be everyday missionaries on mission with God to win a lost world to himself. Now the question becomes this. Do you feel like a day-to-day -day missionary? Do you feel that way? You say, well, Brother Sammy, you don't know what I go through day by day. I mean, there's times that I feel like anything but a missionary. Man, I get up early in the morning, and, and we, we 
work together. My spouse and I, we work together to get the kids ready for school, and then he leaves for work, or, or I leave for work, and we, we fix a breakfast prior to that, and we pack lunches, and we get ready for the day, and then that afternoon we have to shuffle kids to ball practice, football, cheerleader, basketball, soccer, to band practice, whatever that they're involved in. And then during the week, we have to go to their games, and we got to be a part of that. And then on Saturday, we got to do all the things that we have to do around the house to get ready for another week. And Sunday really is the only time that we have to ourselves. I don't feel like a day-to-day missionary. I don't feel like I'm a missionary bearing the hope of the world. I don't feel that way. In theory, I understand that. But in practice, I don't feel like a day-to-day missionary. Now here's the question. Why don't we embrace God's mission as his people? Here's the answer. We have our own mission. We have our own mission. We have our own way of calling the shots. We, have, we, have, we decide what's meaningful to us. We decide what's worthwhile to us. And then we order our lives accordingly to what we've decided is worthwhile to us in our life. And so we have our mission. God has his mission. Now, your life mission today may be recreation. That, that's a lot of people's life mission. I mean, they love to fish and hunt and camp and golf and hike and bike and run and garden. That's their life mission. They make time for all that. You've decided that it's worthwhile, it's meaningful, and you've decided to order your life around those things. That's your mission. Now, some people have a different mission. They may have a mission about security and wealth. I mean, you're, it's about accumulating. It's about accumulating things, and we've got to have this, and we've got to have that. And we've got, we got to work harder, and we've got to, to make more, where we can buy more. We've got to... We've got to accumulate all that we can. Not all that we need, but just all that we can. That's life's mission. That's what your mission is. Perhaps your mission may be rising up the corporate ladder. That was my mission at one time. I worked in retail, the old chain. You Perhaps older ones remember the TGNY store. I worked with TGNY. I was the youngest manager they had. And I could see myself being a district supervisor and then being going on up and moving up in that, in that company at a very young age. But, but God had different plans for me. But that was my mission. The point is, we like to be our own boss and we like to have our own mission. And this goes back to the sin of our first parents there in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve chose to be the king and the queen of their kingdom. They had their kingdom. They had their own mission. They chose to be the king and the queen of their kingdom rather than joyfully submitting to the authority of God. 
Genesis chapter 3. Now, with all this in mind, it's not surprising that Jesus' first words in his ministry were those in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Look what he said. He says, Think not, or Matthew 4, I'm sorry, verse 17. From this time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent. This, is the first, this was his first message. This was his first sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Notice that word, repent. Ouch, man, repent hurts. I mean, it, it hurts. It hurts my pride when I have to repent. I don't like to repent. I mean, I kind of like what Dustin Willis said, and he's, he's with the Send uh, North America Conference. This is what he said in regards to that word repent in that verse. He says, repent. And he goes ahead and says, God's kingdom already has a king, and you're not it. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The point is that if we're ever going to be swept up into God's kingdom, we're going to have to let go of our kingdom. If you're ever going to be what God wants you to be in his kingdom, you and I are going to have to let go of our kingdom. Matthew 4, verse 23 says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of diseases, all manner of diseases among the people, manner of sicknesses and disease among the people. So throughout the ministry of Jesus, he drove home the point that his, ki that his kingdom has come. And it was a kingdom of good news. Notice verse 23. He says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel, the good news. The word gospel means good news. He went about preaching the kingdom of good news. Not a kingdom of oppression, not a kingdom of depression, but good news. Don't you want to live in a kingdom of good news? Had you'd rather have the kingdom you're in or the kingdom that he has? Would you'd rather live in the, the, the kingdom here on earth? Let this be your kingdom, your mission? Or would you like to be a part of his kingdom, his mission? You know, when a king went off to war, we're told that uh, he would go off to take his army and he'd travel off to, to another kingdom and he'd fight a war. And if, if that king was defeated in battle, he would send a runner back to his kingdom. And that runner would make an announcement, and the announcement would be, run for your lives, run for your lives. That would be the message. Or if the, if the king won the battle, he would send a runner back to the kingdom, his kingdom, and the message that the runner would proclaim would be, good news, good news, good news. It's good news. The message of King Jesus is the gospel. It's good news. Here's the point. Our king has gone before us. 
He's imparted to us victory over the slavery of sin and victory over, the de- over death. That's good news. That's good news. And the point is, you and I as believers have been given this privilege of spreading the good news to a world that desperately needs it. Tommy mentioned that in his prayer. Our community needs that message of good news. Your relatives need the message of good news. That Jesus, Jesus has been victorious over sin, the slavery of sin, the penalty of sin, over death and over the grave. And that's good news. So first, good news for his kingdom. But notice, secondly, and I jotted down, good news, Jesus is on the throne. I've never been to England. I know some of you have. I've never been to Buckingham Palace. I've always wanted to go until recently. Some of you have been to Buckingham Palace. But I'm told that the flag of the kingdom there in England, there at Buckingham Palace, the flag of the kingdom is on top of that palace. And when the queen is not in, the flag is not flying. And when the queen is on her throne, the flag is flying. There's a sense of security of the people in knowing that the queen is on her throne. Now here's the point. When we think of our present world and the condition that it's in, I mean, mentioned that in his prayer. When we think of our present world, the condition it's in, and especially when we think about North America and the challenges that we face as a nation and our responsibility to fulfill this mission, to thousands and thousands and millions of people just in North America. We must never be discouraged and allow despair and fear to gain control over us. Why is that? Because the king is on his throne and he's reigning over his kingdom. Don't ever forget that. He's still on his throne and he's always been. From the very beginning... God has always reigned over his kingdom, over his universe. And that will never change. He's always been sovereign king. He's always been the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's a king on a mission. His mission is to reconcile a lost world to himself, and he's using you and me to fulfill that mission. And he reminds us in Matthew chapter 16, Look at Matthew 16 just for a moment. Matthew 16, verse 18. Notice what he says. He says, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now listen, isn't that comforting? The point that the fact that God is on his throne and Jesus is building his church, that should cause us to rejoice in knowing that God will accomplish what he set out to do. And that's to share this good news with an entire world. Good news for the kingdom. Good news, God's on his throne. And good news... 
We've got to repent. Good news, we've got to repent. You say, Brother Samuel, for what? What have we got to repent of? Of building our own kingdom. Calling the shots. Embracing our own mission and neglecting his. Now listen. The kingdom realignment is the best thing that ever could happen to us. Before we're able to be day-to-day missionaries, we have to examine our hearts and we have to decide whose kingdom that we're part of. If we're going to be a part of our kingdom or we're going to be a part of his kingdom. The point is kingdom realignment is for our good. I mean, his kingdom has a better purpose than our kingdom. I mean, it'll never fade. Ours will fade. His kingdom will never fail us. Ours will fail us. We have to be careful not to be chasing after our own glory instead of his glory. We have to be careful. And so today, here's the invitation. God invites you and me into his kingdom. He invites you to be a part of spreading that good news. Now, if you're saved and you've asked Christ to come into your life and save you, you're part of that kingdom. But let me ask you this. Are you on mission with him? Or do you have your own mission? God invites us into his kingdom. And when we come into his kingdom, we say yes to his mission. We've got to plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. I pray this morning that God will convict us that in order to be on mission with him, we have to practice this kingdom realignment. You know, Jid and I, we went on a little vacation this past week, took our grandson to the Smokies, and, and I had to have everything on my car, I think, realigned. There comes a point where you have to have a realignment checkup. And we have to do the same thing spiritually. So as his people today, we have to make sure that we have that realignment. That we're not just about our mission, but we're about his mission. That's why he left us. We leave our kingdom, we pursue his. And in doing so, we'll develop a kingdom mentality where... As everyday missionaries, we'll be concerned about his and not ours. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to just open your word. And Lord, to allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our heart. As we thought this morning about kingdom realignment. And Lord, help us to be about your work, your mission. You've left us here for that purpose. I know it's easy to get wrapped up in our own mission. But, Father, when we look around and we see a lost world, they don't know where to go, what to do, who to call on, if there's any hope, and we have the answer. Help us, Lord, to pause long enough, be realigned to your mission, Lord, to be able to share 
the hope and the assurance that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for what you're going to do. We commit ourselves as individuals, as a church, Lord, to your mission. Help us to realign ourselves to your mission today. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.